Hello and welcome to Fibber McGee and Molly from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. The Fibber McGee and Molly Show. Every weekday at this time, NBC brings you Fibber McGee and Molly transcribed. The show is written by Phil Leslie and Ralph Goodman and directed by Max Hutto. Join Fibber and Molly in just a moment. You may smile when you see your youngster making believe in his outer spacesuit. Maybe there isn't much danger of a flying saucer invasion from Mars. But there is a possibility of an attack by a foreign nation. With today's super planes, a surprise attack could be made on almost any American city. No one can even imagine the cost of destruction and the weakening of our entire national defense system. In spite of scientific progress, there is no magic way to defend ourselves against a sudden attack. Our Air Force Command is always alert to protect us, but it needs a ground observer corps, working 24 hours a day throughout the year. A civilian corps of intelligent citizens trained to know one supersonic plane from another. Right now, this ground observer corps needs more than 300,000 volunteers, especially on the East Coast, the West Coast, and the Northern States. You can be proud to sign up for the silver wings of the ground observer corps. Write or phone your nearest civil defense center or write to the ground observer corps, Air Force, Washington, D.C. Two members of the younger set are approaching 79 Wistful Vista. They're engaged in a rather vigorous discussion as they walk along. And the subject of their debate is Mr. McGee of Fibber McGee and Molly. He was too, I bet. He was not. He was too, Wally Coop. You stop saying he was not when I keep saying he was too. Mr. McGee himself told me he was. He even showed me his medal. Oh, he's not smart enough to be a general team. Even in the First World War. Well, that's what he told me. President Wilson made him a general for a while so we could win the war. Oh, there's only one kind of general they could have made him that would have helped us win the war. What kind? A <laughs> German general. Ha-ha! <laughs> Just for that, Willie Coop, you can carry your own books home from school after this. And don't you try to buy any more ink from me either. You just fill your old wire pistol with someone else's ink. Oh, don't get mad, Pete. I'm just kidding. Gee whiz, you don't have to go get mad. Gosh, you, you believe everything people tell you. I do not. I don't believe everything. Sometimes Mr. McGee tells me a story when I ask him to because he's a wonderful man and he likes little children. But that's not a true story. It's just a story. Oh. I know the difference between truth and fiction, I betcha. After all, Willie Coop, I'm not a child. Oh. How about the time he told you about the gorilla he tracked in his backyard that swam all the way over from Africa because he smelled Mrs. McGee's banana cream pie cooling in the window? You believe that? Well, naturally. It was very interesting. And that banana cream pie he gave me when I said he must have been very brave to trap a gorilla, that pie was just wonderful. <laughs> You're awful dumb, Willie Toop. I am not. Hey, do you think he'll let us borrow his stuff for the nature study height? The canteen and stuff? Mr. McGee will let me buy anything I want to. Because he is my very best friend. And he loves little children. Especially me. I'm going to ask him if he's got a knapsack, too. Because a knapsack... I would suggest that you let me do the talking, Molly. He's my friend, not yours. Well, he likes me, too, though. I'll do the talking.
working. Women do these things better than men, anyhow. My mama says it's a womanly ignition, I betcha. And Mr. McGee, oh! Phew. That was quite a job, digging this stuff out of the attic, kids, but here you are. Mm, well. One knapsack, one canteen. There you are. Ole. 
What does that mean? Gentlemen, be seated. Ah. Uh-huh. Then he turned to me, his adopted son, and he says to me, he says, Moana, huh? What does that mean? That means you have done well learning the ways of us Indians, my son. And now that you are 16 moons old, you must return to your own people or they'll think you're lost. Your horse is packed. You must leave tonight. Boy, that kickapoo sure is a strange language. Oh, yeah. It took me a long time to master it. And then you went back to your folks in Seattle, hmm? That's right, Teenie. I never saw the old chief again. Every time I see a Hopalong Cassidy picture, I look for him. But so far, no luck. That's the story, kids. See, that's kind of sad. It sure is. Could we have our canteen and knapsack now? we got to go to a meeting at our nature study teacher's house to talk about the hike. Oh, sure. Here you are. Well, have fun on the hike, kids. <laughs> and if you see any Indians out there, mention my name. See, I wish you could go with us, Mr. McGee. You could tell us some wonderful stuff out there, so like the Indians do. Uh, come on, team. we got to hurry. Well, I wouldn't want to horn in on your nature study teacher, sis. Make him look like a tenderfoot. Wouldn't want to do that. Okay. Say, thanks for the canteen and stuff, Mr. McGee. Bye. So long. Ah, cute kids. Boy, I can just see that poor teacher trying to keep them kids together out of Dugan's woods. <laughs> Probably forgot something. That's way for kids, though. Oh, it's you, Molly. Yes, yeah, help me with these bundles. Oh, mm. it's a good thing I've got an elbow or I'd have to ring the doorbell with my nose. <laughs> Thank you. Well, bundles. Boy, looks like you bought out the store. Incidentally, wasn't that teeny and the little coops boy who dashed past me as I came up the walk? Oh, yeah. All the kids are going on a nature study hike Wednesday, and they came by to borrow some stuff and talk it over. You're not taking them, are you? Me? Ha! Me spend an afternoon tramping through the woods with ten slippery kids in a 40-pound sack? <laughs> Don't be naive. Good. I'm no Bernard McFadden. <laughs> Want me to help you put some of this stuff away? No, thanks. I can manage it all right. Yeah. Well, I think I'll stretch out here and take a nap. All this hike talk has got me kind of tired. Ah, boy, that poor teacher at Teeny's tramping through the cold, damp woods, trying to keep one eye on the trail and the other eye on them kids. That's the life of a teacher. I'm glad I spent my school days sitting in the corner instead of getting smart. to disturb you, dearie, but you have company. Oh. Teenie's here, and she has some wonderful news for you. Teenie? News? What kind of? Hey, Mr. McGee. Oh. Hey, I just came back from Mrs. Rhodes' house. Our nature study teacher, he's sick. Sick? <laughs> he's got the mumps. Oh. One of the kids gave it to him. Oh, boy, isn't that wonderful? Wonderful? Yeah, because now you can take our class on the hike Wednesday. Huh. Oh, boy. Now, Bob has a question period with the audience 
Just in case you haven't heard it, let's listen in on one now. That's my good man, right there. Hold you, Robert. Thank you. Is there a sober man in the house? Yes, honey. Were you born in 1903? Down. Sit down. Yes, honey. Are you always too gum? <laughs> You're the only way I can keep my brain away. Yes, Too bad we haven't time for all of it, but this is the kind of fun that's now making the Morning Bob Hope Show one of the great comedy radio shows of all time. Every morning on your NBC station. See your local paper for the time. because I thought it might help me out on that hike with the kids. Life among the Indians. Yeah. Well, that should be just what you're looking for. What tribe of Indians is it? The Cleveland Indians. Oh. <laughs> Good night. Good night, all. NBC has brought you the Fibber, McGee, and Molly program transcribed with Richard Beals as Willie Toop. This is John Wald inviting you to be with us again tomorrow night to see the squirming of Mr. McGee of Fibber McGee and Bob. Tonight, hear Jim Fleming and the heart of the news on the NBC radio network.